Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, a global event to celebrate good news and great accomplishments across industry while embracing and amplifying a noble mission and purpose. My name is Scott Luton. I'm with Supply Chain Now. I'm joined by my dear friends and co-host today, Kelly Barner with Buyer's Meeting Point. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great, Scott. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. And of course, Phil Addison with Art of Procurement. Phil, how are you doing? Hey, Scott. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you uh, for the intro, and I'm really looking forward to doing this. I agree. I agree. And Phil, we're going to start with you because what a global showing of support that our awards program has had this year, right? Yeah, I mean, we're so grateful for all the support that we've had from our supporters and from our partners. You know, events like this truly wouldn't be possible without their support. So I want to thank today Cooper. Cooper is our title sponsor for the Supply Chain and Procurement Awards this year. And also our partners, Africa Supply Chain Excellence Awards and Logistics Executive Group, along with Vector Global Logistics. Again, a thank you uh, for those organizations for supporting what we're trying to do here and really shine a light on excellence within supply chain and procurement fields. Uh, great. Well said. Uh, and also big thanks to some of those individuals there, Kim Winter, Jenny Froome, and many others uh, folks. Some, some of the folks will be showing up in today's special event. Uh, Kelly, uh, who else should we be thanking out there? Well, speaking of individuals, uh, none of these winners would have been selected without the input of our esteemed executive judges panel. Uh, they played an amazing role throughout this whole process, giving us feedback and helping us select the very best and brightest that procurement and supply chain have to show. And of course, in addition to all of our old friends and everybody that has been with us in the past, we also want to give a warm welcome to everyone from global media who's joining us today. We know we have some procurement and supply chain publications and news sites with us, but we're also very fortunate to be joined by a number of mass media and business publications as well. So welcome to old friends. Welcome to new friends. We're so glad you could join us today. I agree. And there's a ton of folks in uh, the comments. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> lots of passion out there. And we're going to try to work those in throughout uh, the session. And, you know, uh, I should also add, you know, Kelly mentioned the judges uh, and Dele, Tanya, Detlef, uh, Korai, and Anne. Really appreciate their dedication, all their work on top of what they do in their organizations there. Um, you know, uh, we should also, you know, a big part, Kelly and Phil, as us and our teams got together, we wanted to not just have a run-of-the-mill awards uh, program, but we wanted to bake in a ton of purpose uh, into this event together, right, our collaboration. Um, our awards team is very proud to have established, with that said, established a successful partnership with the extraordinary, extraordinary nonprofit Hope for Justice. It's focused on eradicating modern slavery and human trafficking. Uh, so big thanks to all of our nominees, our sponsors, our supporters, together we've accomplished a couple of things. We should all feel good about this. Number one, uh, over the course of our awards program, and we've educated the global market on these critical issues of our time. Uh, Kelly and Phil, how many times have, have we all had these, these aha moments with folks as we've shared That's data right. and stories and uh, kind of the state, the current state of things across the globe that we've gained from Hope for Justice. So that education and awareness is so important. And secondly, 
man, I'm a real practical gift giver. I love that we've collectively with all these folks, this ecosystem, we've raised over $13,000 so far that we're going to be donating to Hope for Justice to support their programming. But folks, there's a bigger opportunity here. During today's live stream, we want to make a bigger impact and we need your help. So if you're in position to do so, let's get that total donation over $15,000. We have a special donation link. I think we're going to be dropping that in the comments. Uh, Jenny Froome is asking about Scott Luton's tuxedo. Jenny, it's been a long time <laughs> since I broke out of tuxedo. I tried, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, use a special donation link. If you're in position, whether it's $5 or $50 or $500, doesn't matter. Uh, but let's work, let's continue to work together um, here now to make this donation to help support uh, Hope for Justice's nonprofit programming. Let's give them more resources. And we're going to wrap today uh, beyond donations. The onus is on all of us to take action. So, um, so stand by for that. But hey, in advance, uh, really excited about revealing our award winners. This is probably Phil and Kelly been about eight months, um, eight months of, of hard work and elbow grease and, and blood, sweat, tears, slacks, emails, you name it. Um, and we get a chance. Uh, we'll get both y'all to weigh in here. Yeah. We have a chance to, again, celebrate great news and accomplishments while making sure we're taking action uh, on one of the greatest noble missions of our time. So Kelly, what, how, how does this strike you? So certainly it's been amazing. The three organizations here having the opportunity to work together to do work that we know is truly important. But I also want to just say that we have an amazing professional community as well. And every single nominee, every single award selection, uh, everybody deserves recognition today. Agreed. Agreed. And Phil? Yeah, we were blown away by the quality of the nominations and the volume of nominations, frankly, and that made the judges' job a little bit harder than probably they thought when they signed up um, to uh, to really judge some of the submissions that we got. But every single one of those submissions helped Hope for Justice as well. That's so true. that's just truly important. And and that mission, you know, you talked about taking action, Scott. What's really important to us as supply chain and procurement professionals is how can we take action in the world? You know, some of the things we see going on, we feel like. You know, we see them, we hear about them, and we think that maybe they're too far away or we're too distanced or we as an individual, maybe we can't make such an impact, but we can. Uh, and mm. we can through supporting organizations like Hope for Justice. So that was truly important as we built that into our program. So well said. Uh, thank you, Kelly and Phil. And hey, we're a couple minutes ahead of schedule. So I'm going to act on that and we're going to move right into our first award. So let's get the party started and dive into some incredible some incredible accomplishments, some great news. And Kelly, where are we beginning? Well, this is incredibly exciting, Scott and Phil and everyone who has joined us. I have the honor of presenting the very first 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Award. It is for a sustainable future, building a sustainable future. Now, this award, very much like the supply chain that we're all a part of, recognizes the fact that we need to be truly intermodal good stewards, right? Good stewards of the air, of the ocean, and of the land that we all share. But we didn't just want feel good. Everyone that was nominated for this award had to be able to demonstrate measurable sustainability impact. We want meaningful, lasting change. And so it is my honor to announce that the recipient of the award for building a sustainable future is Inmar. Now they are being recognized partially because of their efficiency in transportation and reverse logistics. But to that point around measurement, they have chalked in a 99% landfill diversion rate, 
which has made it possible for them to keep 200 million pounds, 200 million pounds of materials out of landfills that otherwise been there. So to celebrate this moment, let's hear from a member of the Inmar team. Thank you. I am Thomas Borders, General Manager of the Product Lifecycle Cloud at Inmar Intelligence. We are truly honored to be recognized for our ongoing sustainability efforts by offering end-to-end post-purchase experience solutions. We help customers keep returned goods out of landfills by keeping products in commerce. In fact, we're the nation's largest liquidator of excess inventory and product returns. We operate more than 25 returns processing facilities across the country, which helps us reduce the consumption of fossil fuels and carbon emissions. For even greater sustainability and productivity, our supply chain performance analytics team focuses on eliminating waste within supply chains in both forward and reverse logistics. By providing an end-to-end solution, we help our customers operate more fiscally and environmentally responsible, all while helping merchants differentiate their brands through an unrivaled customer experience. Special thanks to all event sponsors, judges, and the MR associates that transform our vision into reality day after day. Again, on behalf of the MR team, thank you. So congratulations, Thomas, to you and your team. We're glad you were able to accept on their behalf. And I think there were a couple of things that we heard from him that are so incredibly important. We talked about the measurability and the metrics that give some gravity to the work that companies are doing in this area. But he also talked about the fact that this has to be fiscally responsible as well. Because if we are truly going to get towards a sustainable future, each of these projects and efforts has to be sustainable in and of itself. It has to make good business sense and be good for the world. And so kudos to that team for all of their amazing work. Don't give up the hard work. Keep at it. Uh, We look forward to seeing incredible things from you all as we move into that future. Well said. Uh, congrats to the entire Inmar Intelligence organization. Incredible story there. So much good stuff. Uh, and we got a couple minutes. I want to recognize uh, Maria. Uh, Maria, let us know where you're tuned in from. Way to go, Inmar Intelligence. She says, so proud. I've been working there for the past 15 years. How about that? Uh, Stephanie Stuckey, the one only, is with us here today. Hey there from the Georgia coast, where she's at uh, the Georgia Economic Development Authority Conference. Congrats to all the winners. Agreed. And, you know, uh, we've got to recognize uh, Jenny Froome. So, Jenny, uh, she's waiting a couple of times, but Jenny agreed with many of your sentiments earlier there, uh, Kelly. Okay. And, folks, we're going to try to work in your comments throughout today's session. We've got a lot of moving pieces. Phil, I want to give you a chance to uh, weigh in on what we saw there with NMR Intelligence and, and, you know, taking real action, as Kelly said not lip service, real results, sustainable results. Yeah, and and there, as we talk more about sustainability, that um, you know, ensuring that it's profitable sustainability is really important because um, you know that I think when we've tried to work, certainly in the procurement space with with sustainability initiatives, it's kind of fallen down there. Um, I was at an event last week, and it was really interesting just to talk about. Um, you know, it's one of the things that was interesting to me was how we need to embed sustainable practices into our business, as opposed to seeing them as being 
discrete projects and it's oh this is a csr project or this is a sustainability project no we need to be bringing those together so it's just a business process so mm. it's, it's really interesting to and be inspired by some of the initiatives that are going on within our community and certainly the one um, that Inmar was awarded for as well is you know an example of that Excellent. Well said, Phil. And it was good to be with you for a portion of last week, for sure. Hey, Tony Shiroda is with us here today, and he says, proud to say that Inmar is a leading member of the Reverse Logistics Association. And he mentioned reverse logistics, uh, as Tony has said countless times here. That's kind of been the, um, um, uh, he calls it the dark side of global supply chain. And, you know, we've got to lift it up and we got to make a lot more folks aware of all the good work that folks in that reverse side are doing. Um, let's see here. I also wanted to share Maria is located in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is home of the Enmar uh, corporate offices. Uh, Corinne Bursa, uh, host of Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast is with us. She's got to learn a lot more about the great work Enmar is doing. Hey, we're trying our best, uh, Kelly and Phil, aren't we? <laughs> uh, and folks, if you have any uh, little side note, if you're having any uh, technical um uh, difficulties. We've got a bunch of folks on the platform right now. As I think Paul mentioned, he's going to uh, reconnect. Hey, yeah, do that. From time to time, you might need to refresh your uh, screen there. Okay, so moving right along, uh, Kelly and Phil, um, I want to get into our next category, which is the world-class logistics ecosystem. What a category. Hey, Phil, tell us more. Yeah, and I feel like when we're making these award announcements, we need a an applause backing track or something that goes with the uh, the winner to really uh, you know bring next year, <laughs> next year, Phil. <Bill. laughs> um, but no, thank you for for our second award, which as you mentioned is building a world class logistics logistics ecosystem. You know, and I think it's been uh, obvious for the world around us right now. Uh, supply chains are just playing more of an ever expanding role in the communities and economies. Um, and while we're doing that, they become a lot more diverse and complex and, you know, far more ecosystem driven. So whether it's from carriers to brokers, warehousing providers to asset free optimizers, control towers to 3PL service providers, there's lots of new innovations and new forms of value that are entering the scene around this category all the time. And so this award, Building a World-Class Logistics Ecosystem, is really presented to, when we're looking at the uh, the nominations, an organization, our team that demonstrates logistics excellence. Um, and so with that being said, it's my pleasure for, to announce, and let's cue that backing track, um, <laughs> Transportation Insights and Nolan Transportation Group as the winners of this award today. And let me just tell you a little bit more about our winners. So Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group are industry-leading 3PL logistics providers. Um, our judges commended Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group on their ability to help their clients problem solve in complex environments from the first mile to the final mile. And there was one interesting example uh, that was cited, which is where they were working with a retail customer and they were experiencing 12,000 address corrections a week. And it was wow. costing over $100,000 a week. And so they created an address verification API to really ensure the accuracy of all of these addresses. It had five millisecond response times. There were 300,000 API calls a day, uh, but it significantly helped their client increase on-time delivery rates. And you know, just to add in, it uh, saved them over $3 million a year. So an added bonus there. So with that being said, let's hear from a member of the award-winning team. On behalf of Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group, I am absolutely thrilled to accept the award for building a world-class logistics ecosystem. 
We are grateful to Supply Chain Now for recognizing so many innovators in the world of supply chain and are honored to be leading the charge along with so many of you. We had an incredibly simple vision that has guided us to this point. Great tech, empowering greater people. It takes the right combination of technology and people to keep the economy moving. And we're excited and humbled to provide solutions from port to port. Obviously, we couldn't have accomplished this without a team of dedicated individuals. Our employees go above and beyond every day, helping sustain business for our carrier and shipper partners with the perfect mix of technology services and personnel. It's no secret that hard work pays off, and we have the hardest working team in the industry. So on behalf of Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group, thank you. We are filled with gratitude for our carrier and shipper partners, employees, and everyone who's made this possible. And there's so much more to come. Thank you again. So congratulations to the team at Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group. It was a hotly contested um, category. So uh, they did a great job and, and we're proud to award them um, in this category. Agreed. And I love what uh, John Haber uh, said there. Did y'all hear that? Great tech empowering even greater people. Uh, mm -hmm. Kelly, you're nodding your head as well. I love that. I'm a, that's going to be a t-shirtism from today, right? I think it is. And it's so interesting because when I hear retail, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that means it's touching us as people in our personal lives. We're certainly here today to celebrate business achievements. But when you look at a company that can do something that improves the way any retail industry changes, uh, you're hitting individual families and communities. And that is truly something to celebrate on an individual level. Well said. Well said. Uh, a couple of quick comments here. Uh, so Celeste is being the connector, uh, pointing folks to Scott White, Inmar. He's part of that reverse logistics supply chain team there for our first award winner. So thank you. Uh, blessed be the connectors in life for sure. So thank you, Celeste. Uh, El Marie is join, is uh, congratulating John Haber and the Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group team. Uh, good old uh, Tom Valentine's with us, TV. Uh, also congratulating the uh, Nolan Transportation Group team. Yeah, goodness gracious. Uh, and also welcoming in Michael from Nigeria. Great to have you here uh, via LinkedIn. Thanks so much. Okay, so Kelly and Phil, sometimes we've got too many prep guides floating around the, uh, the desk. Can y'all relate to that sometimes? <laughs> um, so we've got our first big keynote here today. Right. I want to welcome in. You know, it takes as Phil and Kelly and we all kind of spoke to. It takes a lot of support to do this, uh, to to put on these awards and and you know dive into the backstories, look at all the data, um, you know, celebrate creating these events, and then also, uh, you know, writing that check to a great, powerful nonprofit doing big things. It takes a lot of support. Um, I want to uh, again uh, share our gratitude to our title sponsor Coupa for supporting those efforts at both celebrating good news across industry while bringing attention and resources to that noble mission. So with that said, I want to welcome in one of our friends from Coupa, Gina Tesla, Vice President, Environment, Social, and Government, Governance with Coupa. Hey, hey, Gina, how are you doing? Hi, good morning, everybody from the West Coast, bright and early. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gina, as we did in the pre-show, meet Phil and Kelly. Uh, we're all big fans. And really, again, we appreciate y'all's support. Happy to, happy to give it and so thrilled to be here today. So um, love your passion. As we learned some of the pre-show uh, conversations, your passion for that intersection of business and society, That's where right. oftentimes innovative partnerships are formed. Now, in doing our homework, 
you also have quite the track record for building strong, diverse teams. But to start our conversation today, hey, tell us more about Coupa. Well, thank you again for inviting me here today. I am so thrilled to be here and to talk a little bit about Coupa. You know, we're creating a whole new category of enterprise software, and this is all about BSM or business spend management. And this is really all about modernizing and digitizing the back office. But what's that all really mean? To me, it's all about silo busting, right? Creating more connections among teams, really creating connections between, if you think about it, between the procurement team and the supply chain team, finance and IT. It's ultimately about how we can maximize every dollar spent and how we can look and maximize that dollar spent from both a supplier diversity perspective and a sustainability perspective, as we've been talking about this morning. We're a fast moving company. I love it. We're able to create a huge amount of impact in a short period of time. We have over 2,500 customers and 8 million suppliers. And what we're doing is we're really helping to provide that visibility we're really helping to unify, as I said, really bust those silos. And as we all like, we're helping to build more control. Who doesn't want more control in their life? <laughs> I love that. Smashing silos. Kelly. Right. And more control. So, Gina, we all we all want more of that. Can you tell us a little bit about how you and the rest of the Coupa team are helping Coupa's customers deal with the increases in supply chain risk? Yeah, absolutely. We we know that it's definitely a challenging time now. There are a lot of different factors, macroeconomic factors that are causing all kinds of supply chain disruptions. Being able to have that visibility and to also um, create more resilient supply chains is really critical. So we're really able to help through supply chain modeling, for example, to help you see all different kinds of scenarios and to put them into place in a much shorter period of time. That means that you can adjust, you can be more agile, which is another thing that we all need, right? No longer in a period of time when we can just sort of plan out and, and sort of be able, you know, we have to expect the unexpected, right? Yes. And we have to be able to kind of filter in all different kinds of variables and then see how that affects the supply chain. So that's something that we're able to do with our business spend management and with our um, supply chain modeling that really helps from also providing, you know, tailored risk assessments. So we can also look from a compliance perspective and see where there might be potential risk on the horizon and then readjust. Um, and again, you know, I can't, I can't say enough about both the silo busting and then also helping these cross-functional teams. How often have, have we sort of just learned from, you know, basic sort of consulting can always sort of go into any organization and say, you know, if you just didn't have so many silos, if you were just able to communicate more, you'd be able to achieve more. So we're really here to facilitate that. Hey, really quick, Phil, before uh, you pose a question that yeah. expect the unexpected. It's like uh, the next uh, episode or series of Big Brother. If you are fans, I think they're on like season 25. It's going to be sponsored by Global Supply Chain, I believe. Uh, but, but Phil, <laughs> where are we going next with our friend Jenna? Yes. Yeah, so, so I think, uh, Gina, when uh, we introduced you, you talked about your role in ESG. 
um, and ESG, you know, the uh, environmental, social and governance elements uh, surrounding global supply chains and procurement is something that a lot of organizations, it's becoming far more important. And it's something that's gone from being talked about, you know, perhaps among supply chain and procurement professionals to actually ties into markets. Markets are looking at what organizations are doing around ESG as a value measure. And so I just wonder if you could discuss some of the initiatives, some of the ESG initiatives that Cooper is focusing on right now. And, you know, what are you kind of looking out as you're mapping that into the future? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am the luckiest person in the world to have this job, to be focused on environmental, social and governance every day and to do it at a place where our ultimate shared value that we're providing is our sustainable business spend management. We have over $3 trillion in cumulative spend. Let's imagine a world where $3 trillion or even more is spent in a, in a diverse and, and sustainable way, right? Meaning if we're able to then take that spend and select more diverse suppliers, if we're able to reduce carbon footprints, um, if we're able to reduce risk in the ESG um, supply chain. So for me, it's really a matter of what we're ultimately able to provide as our offering from a sustainable business spend management. And it's also our personal corporate responsibility in terms of how we show up in the world. And that's what I get to focus on every single day. And it's really about looking at our time, our talent, our technology, really the passion of our employees, ensuring that we are harnessing that, providing opportunities for employees. We've just recently increased our volunteer time. We've increased our match. Um, so we've given 150% more volunteer time. We've doubled our match. Wow. We have launched a new strategic pro bono program because we really want to contribute, again, that time, that talent, and then technology. And most importantly, in partnership with others. You know, the kind of problems and opportunities that we're looking at are not the kind that can be solved by any one entity. And so it's really important that we're doing this work in partnership with others. And so you're going to see a lot more of that from us. And, you know, Scott, I'll, I'll sort of give you another T-shirt here. Okay. Uh, we're really all <laughs> we about them. reducing the delta between good intentions and meaningful action. Mm. That is, uh, got, purpose is going to be a big part of the theme here. And purpose walks hand in hand for many leaders with, with real action. And I love that sentiment there, Gina, you got, that's an important Delta to go smashing, whether it's silos or deltas, that that's, that we got our work cut out for us. Don't we, Gina? Absolutely. You know, so, I, so Scott, I just no, want good. to begin with one thing. Yeah. I think it's really important is how, um, you know, we can't do this alone. And so, you know, I'm sure that you're seeing as well, like there's industries that are coming together to solve problems on an industry wide level where historically those companies may look at each other as competitors, but are actually realizing we've actually got to solve this together and it's going to benefit all of us as opposed to trying to do this on an individual company by company basis. Mm. Yes. Well said, Phil. And, and along those lines, before we ask Gina uh, for a resource where folks can get more information, I think we're already dropping that in the comments. Kelly, a quick thought from you on, on the message that Gina is sharing here today and some of the really cool things that Coop is up to. Absolutely. It's it's really about scale. You know, for so long, procurement has measured our impact, measured our charge in terms of dollars and individual suppliers. But if we can make a change, one dollar, one supplier, one relationship, one employee volunteer day at a time, the total scalable impact is incredible. So 
Gina, please send our thanks and, and gratitude to the rest of your team um, and keep up the good work. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well said. Hey, Gina, before you take off, uh, I should add, you know, it's a great example of giving the people what they want because not only do, do the markets and consumers want a lot of what you've shared and what Phil and, and Kelly are talking to and what some of the other companies are going to be speaking to here today, but our employees, our team members, they want a, they want more meaningful work where they're making that impact. So uh, I love that on a variety of levels. Um, all right. So Gina, I think folks, we've got a link and we've already dropped that comments. Where would you direct folks to, uh, to go to learn more? Yeah, I think you've got that to coupa.com slash sustainability. We are getting ready to issue our second ESG report. So keep an eye out for that in the next uh, month or so. And we'll just keep rolling and, and giving you the, the good impact and information. Keep the good stuff coming, the, the real results coming. So I really appreciate what you're doing. And again, on behalf of our entire team, uh, we appreciate Coupa's support as we look uh, to make an impact uh, collectively here across the globe and with our friends uh, from Hope for Justice. So we've been talking. Thanks again to Gina Tesla, Vice President, Environment, Social, and Governance with Coupa. All right. Man, Phil, Kelly, I'm ready to run through the wall that's behind me. How about you? Well, that would certainly shorten the delta between what was it in purpose or intentions and, and measurable results. Just don't go around the wall. Just go right through it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm definitely ready to start uh, bashing some silos. I thought that was a great, uh, <laughs> a great term. You know, I may co-op that because um, I think that's one of the greatest challenges we all face on a day to day yeah. basis, isn't it? And, um, you know, it, it's, it's down to people, but it's interestingly how it's increasingly we're using technology as a way to enable that. Agreed. And I'm not going to put it as eloquently as Gina did, but that Delta, basically what I heard there, that Delta between all the lip service that, yes. that's out there in the market and those folks that actually get stuff done, GSD, you know, uh, limiting or reducing that, that, that massive Delta that can be uh, in between those two, uh, those two uh, spots. Um, okay. I want to share a couple of quick comments before we move on to our next category. Uh, I want to welcome in Ebony from New Jersey. Congratulations to the winners and nominees. Thank you for that, Ebony. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, dear friend, Jenny Froome is also congratulating Transportation Insight and Nolan Transportation Group. Great to have you here as always, uh, Jenny. Nuria is tuned in from LinkedIn. Nuria, let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, Samira, I think I got that right. Let me know if I didn't. Good morning from Morocco. Man, I bet that is a, a These gorgeous are truly site. global awards, mm -hmm. aren't they, this morning? Absolutely. Alun, uh, he, uh, hi, Kelly and Phil. Great show. So both of y'all are doing an outstanding job. I uh, just want to <laughs> put that out there, but hey, all in good fun. Thanks, Alun, Alan. Thank you. Good morning, Alan. Uh, Alan, I'm, I'm putting a different emphasis there. Alan, my apologies. We Great to have to you here. We need some Welsh. Ah, yes, please. <laughs> all ears. Uh, at least my mom wouldn't wouldn't have said that as a kid, but all ears now. Uh, John Rosa, great to have you here via LinkedIn. Uh, Vicki White uh, here of our Supply Chain Now team is with us. Great to see you, uh, Vicki. Okay, so folks, so much good news. So much good news. I, I want to uh, let's see here. El Marie, extremely true, Phil. We have strategic partners globally that would have been seen as competition previously. That's such a great point because um, you know I've seen Phil. And Kelly, a lot more collaboration, uh, you know, competition, as I've heard it put. That's a great thing. And it's really a breath of fresh air um, here in 2022, right? Ray Atia is with us. Hello, Ray from Ohio. Collaborating with others to solve high-hanging, high-hanging 
fruit problems is the only way to create systemic change. Excellent point there, Ray. And that's another okay. t-shirt phrase, high-hanging yeah. fruit. We solve yes. high-hanging high fruit problems. Isn't that? Uh, Phil, you're a marketing genius. Uh, marketing genius. Let me let me be the first or maybe uh, the millionth person to tell you that. Um, all right. So as, as much as we're all now energized with uh, the message that Gina Tesla with Coupa has shared, we have got um, the one and only uh, Kevin L. Jackson joining us here in just a second. So let's welcome in Kevin. Hey, Kevin L. Jackson, how Good are you? Good morning, Kevin. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm trying to find that high-hanging fruit. <laughs> Man, we just got to hook you up to the electrical grid, and we're going to be able to power the country, the coast to coast, maybe the globe. But, uh, Kevin, before we go too, too much further with you, we got to point out you host Digital Transformers here, uh, which is a top 100 podcast. You're uh, kicking, kicking butt, taking names. So great to have you here as we celebrate good news with purpose at our awards. So how you doing, Kevin? Hey, I'm doing great, you know, and, and uh, so thank you for telling me the award. I tell you, it's not me. It's that team, that production team that's right now making us look good globally. And, and, and uh, Kelly, you're right. I mean, this is a, a, a global award. I'm just looking at all the different countries and people and, and accents. And I mean, this is amazing. It really is. So you're, we're going to be talking over the next couple of minutes about one of your favorite topics, right? Digital transformation. We've got an award delivering change through digital transformation. Tell us more about it. Yes, absolutely. You know, in today's world, change is constant and accelerating. That means that for every organization, this means identifying a business need and understanding and acquiring talent changing their internal processes and deploying that needed technology. It also, even more important to that, is being able to successfully lead a digital transformation effort. You know, it's about flipping that switch in, in, in the brain, right? And this award is presented to an organization that is well on their way through a digital journey, and they are they are willing to share their transformational story for the benefits of the world of the globe. Mm. So, so yeah, go ahead. With no, I don't want to take your steam. Hey, you, you're you're bringing truckloads <laughs> of energy. I love that. So I'll let you name the winner. So I am so proud and honored to announce the winner of the first digital transformation award to the Dubai municipality based in the era Dubai. Where's that track? Yeah, <laughs> we do. We need that. We got we to write something right well, we, we, right? we need to keep Kevin online for the rest of the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Well, congratulations. We've got a few snapshots of some of the team there uh, with Dubai municipality. Uh, congrats to all of you. And Kevin, this yeah. is um, – yeah, this is – the path forward, right? I mean, digital oh, yeah, transformation. I say, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Biden municipality is the body with jurisdiction over the entire city of Dubai. They, they're responsible for city services and the upkeep of facilities across the emirate of Dubai. 
Uh, the area itself is located in the eastern part of the city, and it's one of the major districts. Um, I would call it, it used to be what you would call downtown in the United States, right? <laughs> it was the center of the city, and it was where all of the major financial and trade activities occurred for the Emirate. It is world famous for the traditional Arab souks or, or the marketplaces for gold, spices, and perfumes. Uh, that team where you showed their picture, they really highlighted the crucial dilemma presented in, especially in government, in mm. executing procurement, analyzing bids, evaluating those bids, and issuing the service contracts for the day-to-day -day operations of the city. So in order to do this, they align the procurement process with the core municipality strategies by like institutionalizing and implementing new practice ideas, procedures, and policies in the government. They enable training and capacity building develop goals and strategies to improve uh, all processes and even more important, actually established ongoing measurement processes in order to monitor and measure the strategic procurement performance. Mm -hmm. This actually delivered real results. The suppliers across the city increased by a factor of five. Wow. The business unit satisfaction raised from 61% to 94%, while employee productivity was increased by 290%. They actually, now get this, they actually have a, quote, smart decision process in their system. And it achieved an 86% correct decisions without human intervention, all wow. autonomously. The suppliers all interacted through a 24-7 online portal with zero physical visits. And 100% of the procurement team worked remotely with an increase of the employee satisfaction rate from 87% to 98%. This really shows that government organizations can indeed lead us all into the future through digital transformation. I love that. You talk about delivering change through digital transformation. And, and Kevin, appreciate all that you're sharing here. Congratulations to Dubai municipality. What an incredible story. Kevin, I wish we had another hour with you because as Phil mentioned, <laughs> you should stick out with, <laughs> with us the rest of the show, but we're going to be together soon. Yes. And thank you. I'll give you one final word, Kevin, before we swish you back out. I tell you, um, this, this show is really lighting the beacon. I mean, mm -hmm. over the past two years, I mean, be, be, before, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, supply chain was a bad word, right? <laughs> then we learned how important and critical it is to every business process. And this award is, is now, these awards, is, is, is making it obvious. Agree so congratulations, with that. Kelly and Scott and, and Philip and Cooper for, for making this uh, a reality.
Thank you so much, Kevin. I wish we had 50 minutes with you here today. <laughs> we'll be back with you soon. Kevin L. Jackson, Digital Transformers. Make sure you connect with him. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Man, he brought it. And not only did he bring it as all as, as look, Kevin always does, but that story that of uh, what the team is doing in Dubai to drive change. And look, it's probably, I think I'm being fair, Kelly and Phil. We'll get to the next award in just a second. But driving change in government because of kind of the nature of it and, and, the, and the system and the policies and and uh, kind of legacy systems in some cases, it's got to be challenging globally. And they are not messing around in Dubai. So, Kelly, really quick, quick comment there. Anybody that thinks you can't innovate in the public sector, gauntlet officially thrown. Mm. T-shirt is in number 17. And Phil? No, the same. I think that it, it provides a good example where we may struggle in private enterprise sometimes in driving transformation. But if it can be done in the public space, it can certainly be done in the private space too. Mm. Well said. Hey, really quick. So Duria, this is a third iteration uh, of this event here as we've gone global and we really embrace um, or really double down on the purpose related. Well, Duria helped make uh, the first couple of Atlanta Focus Awards happen. And, and she says, always great to see this event and the winners never been more relevant. Duria, well said. And we look forward to uh, catching back up with you again really soon. Okay. Kelly, we knew this was going to be fast moving. There's so many, so many things I can't get to right now. A great quote from Fred, but we'll try to circle back to that. This is the next award. Uh, where are we going next, Kelly? This next award is near and dear to my heart. Reimagining the power of procurement. We're so proud to have been able to bring supply chain and procurement together in this award ceremony. So this particular award, one of the things we talk about a lot at Art of Procurement is helping people imagine the art of the possible through procurement. And the recipient of this award not only had to imagine it, they had to do it. They had to take action. And we specifically had asked for evidence of an extraordinary ability to innovate and drive growth above and beyond sort of what we consider the table stakes capabilities of procurement, savings, supplier management, and meeting stakeholder needs. And so without any further ado, I am very proud to announce that the recipient of the 2022 Reimagining the Power of Procurement Award is T-Mobile. And they were selected, get ready, Scott, new t-shirtism <laughs> for rejecting the status quo. And part of how they did that was they helped their entire company hit renewables targets while also helping T-Mobile's enormous consumer base spread throughout the country save money on their electrical bills. So huge kudos to the T-Mobile team. And let's actually take a moment to celebrate this accomplishment with a member of their team. Hi, I'm Chad Wilkson, the Director of Sustainability and Infrastructure Sourcing here at T-Mobile. I'm so honored to accept the Supply Chain and Procurement Award on behalf of my energy and sustainability team. The category for which they're being recognized, reimagining the power of procurement, really couldn't be more perfect since that's what our procurement teams do every day. It's exactly that kind of creativity and empowerment that inspired the team to help T-Mobile become the first and only U.S. wireless communications company to be 100% sourced for electricity using clean, green, renewable energy. One more way, we're changing wireless for good. To reach and maintain our ambitious 100% renewables target, we follow an all of the above approach when it comes to our suite of solutions. In addition to power purchase agreements, the energy and sustainability team reimagined how community solar projects could contribute to our clean energy success, while at the same time, greening the grid for the communities we serve. Way to go, team. 
and thank you for this tremendous honor. Man, Kelly, I, I, I just got to latch on to one thing there. As Amy points out, changing wireless for good, for That's good. Right. Kelly, and your comment there? Keyword empowerment, right? Just like supply chain has changed by being thrust into everyone's firsthand awareness, procurement too has changed tremendously over the last two words. And that word empowerment, anyone that's in the field of procurement, whether you intended to be there or not, you have an opportunity to do tremendous good, whether you're changing wireless, changing how things work in the public sector or hitting ESG targets, any number of things. But congratulations to Chad and T-Mobile and the entire team for what they've achieved. Completely agree. Uh, completely agree. But hey, here's more good news. Wait, there's a lot more. Phil, I'm coming to you in just a second, but I got to yeah. share this from Fred because this is how I feel too. Uh, Fred Tolbert, the Doc Holiday of supply chain, as he's been coined by the one and only Greg White. Uh, Fred says, hearing the stories of these winners tells me it's a great day to be in supply chain and procurement. I'll add that last part there. But really, we're one big global ecosystem. And yes, Fred, I can't agree with you more. So well said there. Um, okay, so Phil... Uh, let's talk about some trailblazers, huh? Yeah, and, and ironically, just going back to T-Mobile, people may be wondering what's this non-traditional background of the hotel room that I'm co-presenting <laughs> in. And ironically, I'm basically across the road from T-Mobile's uh, US campus. So I could have uh, gone and nominate, uh, delivered that award in person. Um, <laughs> so maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I loved, uh, I love how the team shots and the energy, and I'm seeing a lot of comments here. I wish I could hit all of them. Uh, including some team members, it looks. But uh, moving right along to Trailblazers. Yeah. I mean, I think Trailblazers is also going to be a big, big theme here today. Right, Phil? Yeah, and so the next award is the Technology Trailblazer Award. And I'll just explain a little bit about what we were thinking of as we brought together this category. So really, we think about the ability to digitally transform supply chain performance and the outcomes. Outcomes is really important. and it's something we talk about all the time at Outer Procurement. It determines you know, who are the people who are able to enable that for our, for their clients, determines who's going to become a market leader and ultimately who's going to be a follower. And that digital business transformation comes from leveraging new technologies, new services uh, to increase business value, uh, to accelerate ROI, create sustainable paths forward. We've talked a lot about sustainability today. And so when we looked at this Technology Trailblazer Award, we actually invited nominations from both supply chain and procurement. And that's one of the themes of this, really, this awards program is not thinking about, it's funny, Gina talked about silos, not thinking about procurement as, as one separate entity and supply chain as another separate entity, because we are so interlinked. And so we wanted to uh, invite nominations from both sides when we think about um, technology uh, trailblazers. So let's go into the two awards. And I'm going to start with the uh, Technology Trailblazer Award for Supply Chain. And the, the winner of the Technology Trailblazer Award for Supply Chain is Shipwell. So congratulations to the Shipwell team. I'll share a little bit about um, their nomination. So Shipwell is a cloud-based solution that's combining transportation management, visibility, and an integrated partner network into a single platform. And our judges were really impressed that Shipwell provides a truly end-to-end -end approach to helping shippers find the best available capacity to meet time and budget demands, to provide visibility into potential obstacles, which helps create shorter delivery times. And that's so important right now. Now, one of the examples that they gave was uh, with their client, Marcus Technologies, who are a company that manages the transportation of highly perishable proteins so they automated, automated, I'm sorry, their entire freight quoting, their booking, and their tracking processes. Mm. 
Um, you know, that led to 16% shipping savings in the first six months. And I think what was really important to their client, Marcus Technologies, was enable those folks who are doing all that manual work to actually move on to higher value activities that Marcus Technologies cited as really being a driver of their scale. So congratulations, first of all, to the team at Shipwell for winning the Technology Trailblazer Award for Supply Chain. Congratulations to Shipwell. I got to, before you move forward. Yeah. You know, I think I referenced my mother earlier, and I'll be dadgum. Leah Luton is with us here today. <laughs> Very proud of all the companies, she says. Uh, great job to our collective teams, uh, and thankful for the donation to Hope for Justice. Uh, thanks, Mom. I'm, I completely agree with you. Thank okay, you, Scott's so, Mom. Yeah, no pressure, <laughs> Scott, on doing the best job you can. That's right. That is right. But Shipwell, congratulations to all of their team, the organization, some of the results and beyond that field that you've shared with us. Uh, Kelly, quick comment before we move to the procurement technology trailblazer. Sure. I mean, again, we heard end to end, right? So we think about the fact that it's upstream supply chain, downstream supply chain, all of these different nodes and all of the connectivity that is required to achieve these things. It's, it's truly amazing both how complex and how effective all of these systems are. Mm, well said. Kelly, you're our, you and Phil are both robots here. Goodness gracious, you're right on time. But Phil, we got more good news. Tell us about the technology trailblazer for procurement. Yeah, and I want to say our timing is down to the team behind the scenes again as yes. the, the amount of preparation. You know, I think that's something that often goes unseen by a lot of folks who engage and interact with uh, some of these broadcasts, both whether it's audio or visual. There is so much that goes on behind the scenes. So kudos for everyone who's running um, the event and making us look good, where our job is really just to show up and, and have a conversation. Right. Well said. Uh, so let's move on to the Technology Trailblazer Award for Procurement. Uh, and it's with great pleasure that I announced the winner of this category as Hicks. Hicks, let me just share a little bit about their uh, their um, their nomination. So Hicks is really on a mission to help companies manage all of their data about their suppliers, along with all the onboarding and offboarding of supplier data, all in one place. And that's a huge problem in procurement. Um, in their winning submission, Hicks partnered with BAE Systems to integrate all the business records from over 50,000 suppliers across 13 different business units. And each one of these business units all had their own ERP systems, which uh, you know certainly complicated the effort and bring all that into a single source of truth. So once onboarded, they have the 50,000 suppliers onboarded. Now they're able to go and automate the process of getting all the certifications and compliance documents around those suppliers, which is really a heavily manual process in a typical organization. So in doing so, they helped BAA Systems deliver a five-year business case in just six months. So congratulations to Hicks for their award-winning submission. And let's hear from a member of their team. Hi, everyone. On behalf of everyone at Hicks, our customers and our partners, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to the Supply Chain Now team and the judging panel for having selected Hicks for the Technology Trailblazers Award. It's been really exciting to see how in the last 12 to 18 months, Organizations are really prioritizing supplier experience and leveraging technologies such as Hicks to set up their suppliers for success. So once again, on behalf of the entire Hicks team and our customers, we want to say a big thank you for selecting us and here's to making it for a better supplier experience. Thank you. So Shipwell and Hicks, congrats to you both. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Seriously. Uh, let's see. Phil, let's give you the final word. And we're getting close to our second keynote today. So if you yeah. have a final word from you, Phil. 
Yeah, just the congratulations again to Costas and the whole team at Hicks. It truly is a difficult problem for procurement to manage all of this data um, and leads to just a lot of challenges in understanding you know, who your supply base is, um, how, where the opportunities are to drive things like um, you know, compliance to insurance requirements, uh, starting to understand um, certification around diversity, ESG. There's so many interconnected parts of the data they're able to bring together into a single source of truth. And that's really the, one of the largest challenges that procurement faces right now. So congrats to the Hicks team and all the work that they're doing to solve that for their customers around the globe. Excellent. Excellent points there, uh, Phil, on the money. Hey, really quick before we welcome in our uh, distinguished keynote here, number two, uh, Shawita says, congratulations to all nominees and winners. Completely agree. A lot of comments I can't get to today along those lines. Uh, Yosh, our friend Yosh says, congrats, Shipwell, from the Fulfilled team. Hope you're doing well, uh, Yosh. I want to, um, let's see, Kevin says, who's <laughs> still with us, your mom will always be there for you, Scott. I love that. Uh, I love that. And I can't let anybody, I try not to let anybody down. Nana, Nana, perhaps, uh, from Ghana. I apologize. We certainly want to acknowledge everybody. We're so glad that you're here, tuned in uh, via LinkedIn. Okay, so, and, and Crawford McCarty, I see you there. I'm going to try to get to that comment in a minute. But um, let's do this, Kelly and Phil. Uh, really, you know, as we talked about on the front end, um, so many great awards shows out there. We wanted, to, we wanted to celebrate good news, but we wanted to bake in as much purpose as we could. You know, that give forward thing that uh, good old Greg White, who's who may be listening, uh, it's really important to us. It's who we are. It's it's in our DNA as leaders and entrepreneurs, you know, you name it. Um, along those lines, I want to uh, welcome in our dear friend, champion of real change, and really uh, a helpful facilitator as we act on the purpose that we have. Let's welcome in Tim Nelson, CEO of Hope for Justice. Hey, hey, Tim, hey, how you doing? Hey, Tim. hey, good to see you all. Thanks so much for doing this. So appreciate to be a part of this with you today. So great. Well, we appreciate what you and your team does. Uh, you know, Kelly, Phil, and I have been big fans uh, in our sport. Where we are in the world, we're all uh, co-chairs of the Tim Nelson Fan Club. But kidding <laughs> aside, it's real, you know, uh, it's about real results and real impact. And, uh, and you know, you rely on the efforts of certainly a global supply chain and procurement because we're uniquely positioned to do something about it. So um, with no further ado, uh, Kelly and Phil, I think we want to invite Tim. We're, we're ready uh, to hear your message here today. And I'm really going to get my popcorn and Diet Coke. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. A real genuine thank you on behalf of the whole of Hope for Justice team for even being included in this. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everyone um, up the bat of, of everyone who's been able to be part of this and donated or given through your, your sponsorships, through the, the nominations, uh, because at this stage we're, we're running at $13,000. So before I get into the meat of what I wanted to say, I wanted to actually just say to you, a massive thank you on behalf of those that we're going to be able to help see freed from modern day slavery and human trafficking. I worked it out that it's somewhere in the region of $500 that it takes for us to take a child from exploitation, to bring them to one of our short term transition centers, to find their families, give them trauma informed care, help them get education and, and food and all the bits that they need to get themselves back on the journey to bring them back to their families and to work with their families for two years afterwards to ensure that they are stable. But because of the donations so far on this, 
that's 26 children whose lives are forever going to be changed. And um, I, you know, on behalf of them, they're not going to get the opportunity to say thank you to each of you personally and the way that you've championed this. But I want to say a massive thank you up front. Thank you so much, Tim. Phil, Kelly, really quick comment. Yeah, for me, it gives me goosebumps, you know, kind of thinking about the impact that we can have. Um, and, you know, hopefully with the community today who already supported from so much, we can continue that. We can meet our $15,000 goal that we have at the end of the event um, and help some more children, uh, you know, kind of free, get themselves free from the circumstances that they find themselves in and set them on a new path. Mm, Absolutely. And Tim, I've had the opportunity to speak with you and interview you in the past. I have a sense of the treat that our audience today is in store for. Um, so if you've joined us to listen in and watch, turn up the volume and focus, shut all your other devices out for the next bit of time, because your educational journey is about to reach a new level. I couldn't couldn't have said any better. Thank you, Kelly. And let's 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 uh, welcome in Tim Nelson. Thank you all, everyone, from wherever you're joining us across the world. Uh, my name is Tim Nelson. I'm the CEO of a nonprofit or a charity called Hope for Justice. Um, I wanted to start today by taking you back to 2008. 2008 was a big year in my household. Uh, my wife and I um, were expecting our first child, and uh, we were also looking to build our first home. Now, for anyone who, who knows what it is to have children on the way and the expectation of the first child and what that means for what you need to get in, all, all of the crib and everything, there's there's a whole whole industry around that itself. But also in the building of a house, I don't think I've known a, a more stressful time along that journey. And we bought a piece of land and we got ourselves the, the blueprints working with an architect to try and look at the ways in which we could build this property. Now, we started that journey and we started to build it. And a little bit along the way, we discovered a natural spring flowing through our site. So we had to adapt the plans. And I, I was making contextual changes as we went away. But the architect was insistent upon the plan being amended. And as we went through, I was I was mesmerized by how the builders had to build specifically to the plans that had been made. And I think today we're we're faced with lots of different challenges across the world, and we uh, are all representatives of different organizations and businesses across the world, but we're all trying to build to a business plan. And that business plan itself is open to change. The last couple of years have taught us that change should be an everyday present part of every single business. But I'm here to tell you that Business, business isn't just good. I'm, I'm thrilled to celebrate every single one of those people who are getting awards today. Even just to be nominated for an award, for your business to be considered as a leading business, not just in one part of the world, but globally through these, I think is significant. So if you're joining us today and your business has been nominated or your business has been successful, I want to celebrate you because I don't just think businesses are good. I believe that businesses have the power to change the world. Kelly said that um, the art of the possible is something that we, we talk about on a, a regular basis. But the art of the possible to believe that businesses would have a global platform to bring change, I think, is something that we all need to resonate and understand. I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said that if a man can write a better book or preach a better sermon or make a better mousetrap than his neighbors, though he builds his house in the woods, the world will beaten a path to his door. And I think you have the opportunity to build a business that is not just a good business, but a business that actually sends a message out across the world. And in these days and this age that we're in, 
messages can transmit across borders and across platforms through social media, through the web, to be able to get customers that you never even thought that you would get. What is your business going to be like and how is your business going to be set up? You know, we're talking about procurement and we're talking about the difference that you can make. But the reality of it is that the environment that we sit in is challenging. This issue of modern day slavery or human trafficking, as it gets called, is huge and growing. You know, there are now more people now enslaved than there ever have been across the world than at any point in time in human history. The estimates are somewhere in the region of 40.3 million. In, in terms of financially, that's somewhere in the region of $150 billion industry globally. It's absolutely staggering. And for those of you who aren't aware, you know, that comes in many different forms from sexual exploitation, domestic servitude, labor trafficking, those individuals who are forced into uh, marriage or those individuals who have their organs harvesting. We see it in a lot of different ways. But for today, I want to focus on labor trafficking, because at Hope for Justice, we have a thought through professional approach to this. And we don't just want to try and make sure that we do a good situation. You know, that as a, a nonprofit, we provide care and support. That's always good. But we want to have a thought through professional approach to seeing an end to this. And I believe that in partnering with businesses globally, we can change the society that we live in. You know, the UN Sustainable Development Goal is that by 2030, we would see an end to slavery within business. It's, it's the UN goal at 8.7, if any of you want to look it up. And I know many people are looking at that as not just a, a, a kind of nice target to be thrown out there, but actually something that meaningfully businesses can make a bigger difference in. And we've seen massive changes in the last 18 months to two years around climate change and the awareness and the adaptation of new uh, strategies and policies for business. But on this issue of modern day slavery, we are not seeing enough done globally. Even just the climate change shifts that we're, we're seeing and the technologies that are being brought out are actually leading to the unintended consequence of more people being enslaved. An example of that would be uh, the electrification of vehicles. We know Tesla and many other vehicle manufacturers, um, just to name just but one, um, are looking to try and see us all move into electric vehicles and governments are starting to change legislation. But just for the UK and Europe alone, the need for cobalt within uh, the batteries that are needed for electric vehicles will need to grow to 30 times production. And the sad reality is the majority of cobalt is mined in the Democratic Republic of Congo by forced labor and children. So as a result of wanting to have electric vehicles and living in a clean, green world, we're going to see more people enslaved on the process. And I think it's, it's not right on our time and our watch to do, to do nothing. We actually have to sit up and take notice of this. And we as business leaders need to lead our people in a way that we can be part of the solution to ending this. And I, I'm an eternal optimist to believe that we can live in a world free from slavery because we can all make decisions. It's not the chances we take, but the choices we make that determine our destiny. And I think for me and for my team, we now are operating across eight countries and we're seeing significant change being brought. We're seeing legislation move out like a tidal wave. Just for many of you, you'll be aware of the legislative changes this last year in Germany alone that get enacted in January next year, which will carry a 2% global fine for any business that seem to be complicit or compliant within modern slavery being in their supply chains. 
Now, you might ask yourself, what can you do about this issue? It sounds so big and it, you know, it's, you know, 40.3 million sounds a massive number of, of individuals. And the sad reality is that from the total of every uh, nonprofit working together globally, just this last year, only 118,000 individuals were found in, in, uh, across the whole world. So it's a tiny amount against what we see as a huge problem. But we have the potential to make a bigger change. We've seen that since the turn of this year with the war in Ukraine, massive change has come. We've seen things like food insecurity and the energy price inflation, which are driving businesses to look for better solutions and cheaper solutions from their usual suppliers. I would encourage any business that when you're doing that, to try and make sure that you don't just opt for the cheapest and easiest solution, but to ask the right questions. Within Hope for Justice, we've set up a division called Slave Free Alliance, which works with businesses to try and provide them the right level of support and care to understand their supply chain, but more so to understand where the red flags are. And we want to work with a, as a trusted friend with many of these multinational companies or your business to try and make a bigger difference to ensure that you're not part of the problem. And this issue of Ukraine hasn't gone away. It seems to continue to roll on. Just three weeks ago, I was out with the OSCE, which is the Office for Security and Cooperation across Europe. 57 governments were represented and talking with them about the changes that need to be brought in to safeguard individuals who are vulnerable and had to flee Ukraine for their lives. Those individuals who are desperate to feed their families will end up in the supply chains of businesses. Many are now even this day are now moving into taking up jobs in different countries outside Ukraine. But it's important for us to bring the right level of practice on board so that we don't just see that vulnerability, but we act on it. And I wanted to tell you a story, just one story today in the time that I have, one that will hopefully connect with you. And it's a story about a, a lady called Magdalene. Now, Magdalene was found by our team and Magdalene had a number of children with her. And she was taken each day to be forced to work in a factory for just over 12 hours. She was forced to live in the home that the trafficker was, not allowed to leave and held against her will. The children and Magdalene would only eat with scraps that came off the table of the trafficker themselves. Now, our team got intelligence about that, and we employ an amazing team that can be able to find victims and be able to bring them to a position of freedom. And our team heard about this issue. We sent team to be able to see that person rescued and the trafficker held accountable. When we arrived, one of the children was just a baby. And because Magdalene was so malnourished from just eating scraps, the sad reality was that the baby was emaciated, really, really skinny, really, really skinny in a way that you shouldn't ever see. Now, our, our team, after seeing them rescued, had the opportunity to go back and meet with the family some months down the line once they're in a position of safety. And when we came in, we were delighted to see the children who had been literally uh, their heads down, looking at the floor, not doing anything when we found them. To see them running around free and running around happy and smiley just brought joy to our team. But the one thing that really resonated with me was hearing about this baby that was emaciated to actually having big, full, chubby cheeks. And I think every single person across the globe is they, they, they deserve to have freedom but they deserve to live to the fullness and the potential that they've been given. And I encourage every single business that we can do better, we can do more.
This isn't just a problem in the Far East or in China or wherever you might have put in your mind as being an issue. This is a problem in Europe. This is a problem in the US. This is a problem in South America. This is a problem across the globe. We estimate somewhere nearly 70% of all businesses globally will have some form of modern day slavery within their supply chain. The question is, are you prepared to look and what will you do when you find it? I really value Scott and the, the entire team from Supply Chain Now for championing this as an issue. I love these awards because they speak of the leadership that businesses are taking across the globe within supply chain. I encourage every single person that is on here, every single person that might hear this later if you're watching it online, to start asking questions, not just of the company you work for, but of the companies that are within the supply chain. Not just about price and quality, because those things are always going to become important for you, but also about the conditions that the workers are held in, the conditions of the factories which supply the factories that supply you, more, more down the tiers of supply. You know, we have a massive challenge and a massive problem to try and work through. When I had the potential of, of going over to uh, Ireland, uh, where I'm from last summer, I, I jumped at the chance. And I got the opportunity to be taken to a place called Clifton House, a, a, a home that I'd not heard of before. This is in uh, Belfast city centre. And I, it was it was formed um, off the back of wealthy industrialists in Belfast. who wanted to take care of the needs of children that were literally starving. Now, uh, I was told as I walked around and shown the various individuals on the wall who contributed towards this home being built about the legacy that they had made. And as I passed by, I saw a bust from a lady called Mary Ann McCracken. Now, many of you will never have heard of Mary Ann McCracken. Don't worry, I hadn't either. But when I got to hear about her story, something resonated with me. And that's why I wanted to bring it out to the fore today. Because Mary Ann McCracken was a woman brought up in the 1700s. Now, at that time, women couldn't vote. Women had no rights. And this is a lady who led a movement of women to abstain from taking sugar from their diet because they'd heard about the transatlantic slave trade. She also then with two others led a movement so that Belfast would be the first port to abolish slave ships coming into harbour. Now, bear in mind that the wealthiest person at one point in time in New York was from Belfast, made wealthy because of the transatlantic slave trade. And in her, her last three years of her life, she would literally stand on the dockside, rugby tackling individuals after Abraham Lincoln had passed the supply, had passed the Abolition Act to ensure that they'd been to their congressman when they got to America to ensure that that act had been enacted in the state that they were going to. So I don't know whether or not you feel like you, you have no, no strength or no, no ability to do something. But I want to take something from Marianne McCracken's life today, something that says you are more powerful than you ever thought possible, that you have the power to make a change in your business that can transcend everything. And we turn to, to, to those individuals, and I've said it before with Scott before, and who are faced with impossible with the words of Muhammad Ali, who said that impossible is just a big word thrown around by small-minded men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than the power they have to change it. That impossible is temporary, impossible is a dare. And today I dare you as a business to do something further than you are in your supply chain, to try and see an end to human trafficking and modern day slavery. I so want to thank everyone involved in these awards. And specifically, I want to thank Scott for your leadership and your passion in this issue. 
And I want to wish you the best for everyone who's been nominated and thank every single person for all that you're doing on this issue and the amazing donation to Hope for Justice. Thank you so much. Wow. Uh, so, Kelly, Phil, um, I we can do better. We can do better, but and we must do better. Uh, Tim brought a truckload of T-shirt-isms that we all need to hear. Really, we need to hear. Kidding aside, I, I, sh I shouldn't use that word as often as I do, but we need to hear that. And, you know, Kelly, i get you to respond quick while we have just another minute or two with Tim. You know, when we first met Tim and heard, uh, when you and I and Phil and Greg first met Tim and heard the data and heard the, the, the scope, our first thought was, more folks, our industry, our colleagues, our ecosystem needs to hear this. Kelly, your response. My big response is Tim's absolutely right. Think about what you can do, but then think about what we can do. Because mm. if we can get together in this award ceremony, right, virtually to pick winners and celebrate accomplishments and raise the money that we've raised, think about the difference that we can make when we turn that same attention and energy directly towards the problem of modern slavery and human trafficking. Well said. Uh, Phil? Yeah, I took a bunch of notes because it was very inspiring. So first of all, thank you very much, Tim. And one of the things that really stood out to me was, are you prepared to look and what are you prepared to do about it? And that's, you know, the message that, um, you know, everybody within the procurement and supply chain communities can and should take, even if your organization doesn't have the structures that is built into, you know, doing it on a formal basis, it's, um, it's on all of us. Um, in all the individual decisions we make and the suppliers we choose and the supply, cha supply chains we connect, that we it's our responsibility to look uh, and then be mm. prepared to act. Well said, uh, Phil. We, we can't be fearful of what we're going to find and we can't be fearful of taking action if it means stepping on toes and and uh, putting our nose in, in upstream and downstream business is so important. Um, Tim, uh, again, I wish... Man, I wish we had a couple more hours here, but I, I want to, you know, there's so many great comments I can't get to, but hey, folks, if you can't donate today, that's okay. We'd love for you to join our efforts to get us over that $15,000 mark that we're going to be uh, writing that check to Hope for Justice, but also pay attention to hopeforjustice.org. Uh, there's so many great things that the uh, nonprofit programming is doing, Tim and the whole team. They're highly rated by all the third-party um, um, nonprofit evaluation teams across the world because it's all about smashing the, these issues of our time and, and, and pulling those, those folks out of situations that they can't do them for themselves and making sure we don't have a global business ecosystem that unfortunately facilitates that more. So the first step is awareness. Tim, I'm going to give you the final thought uh, before we thank you for your time. Yeah, and I, and I say this quite often, but I say most people who are held in slavery across the globe don't need people to cry about this issue. We need people to take action. And I think everything that you've said, Scott, Kelly and Philip, across the board is, is bang on where we are, that we need businesses to take action in this issue. And we need people to just kind of stir themselves from a place of apathy into action. And by doing that, we will see the world change. Well said. Uh, Tim, thank you for your friendship. Thank you. thank you for your vision. Most importantly, thank you for your action and your challenge to the rest of the world. Uh, that, that Kelly, Phil, and I are all going to take back to our re re respective networks because it's about stepping forward. So thank you, Tim Nelson, CEO with Hope for Justice. Kelly, Phil, wow. Um, wow. That's, that's, I wish I was more eloquent in all situations, but certainly in, in, in that scenario when, when Tim issues such a um, 
just something we all need to hear and act on, right? Um, okay, so a lot of comments there. I wish I could get to all of them. Uh, we knew Tim would bring it along with Kevin and Greg and and Liesl's going to be joining us here in a minute. But I uh, really appreciate what they're doing at Hope for Justice. Folks, hey, be aware first. Get aware and then and then take that action. Okay, so I've got to move us, unfortunately, well, fortunately to the next award, because really, when we think about what the next award is, uh, Phil and Kelly, it's about deeds, not words, right? It's about deeds, not words. Raise your hand, Phil or Kelly, and, and the rest of y'all out there, if you're a big fan of lip service leadership. No hands raised, right? <laughs> it's a bunch of hot air with no real results. And, you know, we, we've heard some of that through a lot of, uh, um, no, we've heard some of that in terms of pointing to how dangerous that is from all of our speakers and from our panel here today. Um, we all admire those that talk the talk, but then they walk the walk. Those leaders that do that while making a major impact. And all of that brings us to our next category here. Deeds, not words, leadership award. So I want to name, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and name our first winner. And then I'm going to share some bullet points about uh, him. And then we're going to hear from them. And then we've got our second winner. Uh, and this is a quite a one-two punch. So our first winner for Deeds Not Words Leadership Award is, Phil, drumroll please, or that, that, that uh, <laughs> clapping track maybe, Mike McDermott, Chief Global Supply Officer with Pfizer. Now get this, a few highlights. Mike leads a global manufacturing and supply team of some 30,000 colleagues and contractors, 300 suppliers, 39 Pfizer global manufacturing sites. Now Kelly and Phil, as y'all both know, we've talked about this, Mike and his team did the impossible during the pandemic. They found a way to ship more than 3 billion doses of the COVID-19 vaccine to 178 countries thus far. And they had to move mountains to do it, including successfully manufacturing the first FDA-approved vaccine and distributing it with a 99% success rate. Wow. Mike's team also had to find innovative ways of getting a temperature-sensitive vaccine to all corners of the world. We all know that, right? But while tracking each shipment to ensure viability, and all of that adds up to the largest expansion of manufacturing and distribution operations operations in pharmaceutical history. So for that action-based leadership and a whole lot more, we're very pleased to name Mike McDermott with Pfizer, one of our Deeds Not Words Leadership Award winners. Let's hear from Mike. Hi, my name is Mike McDermott, Chief Global Supply Officer at Pfizer and I'm honored to accept this award. In March 2020, in the earliest days of the pandemic, we realized we needed to not only develop a safe and effective COVID-19 vaccine, but we also had to quickly, safely, and efficiently manufacture hundreds of millions of doses, condensing a process that usually takes years into a matter of months. We also needed to deliver doses worldwide, facing shipping and delivery challenges we never tackled before. But our team rose to the challenge in ways we never thought possible. And we have now shipped more than 3 billion doses of the vaccine to 178 countries, from the Middle East to Europe and Africa to Asia. I'm accepting this award on behalf of our 30,000 colleagues and industry partners who have demonstrated courage and excellence and worked tirelessly to deliver breakthroughs that change patients' lives. I'm excited to say that the learnings of the past two years are just the beginning. We're harnessing the next generation of technology and innovation to make our manufacturing operations among the smartest and the fastest in the industry. And we have amazing colleagues who make the impossible possible every single day. These past two years have proven that the future is anything but predictable. 
However, what gives me confidence is the power and resilience of our manufacturing system and our PGS people. We've been put to the test and now know that we can deliver when the world needs us most. Thank you so much. Wow. Big congrats and thanks to Mike and the entire Pfizer team and ecosystem. Uh, we're right. Uh, we're, we're probably a minute or two behind. Just a heads up to the folks still in the green room. Looking forward to sharing your stories. But I got to, uh, Kelly and Phil, I got to get y'all to weigh in just really quick on Pfizer. It is so cool to be part of a global supply chain and procurement community when yeah. that's the noble mission that these folks are acting on. Kelly, your quick comment. Sure. I mean, supply chain did ourselves proud. Over the last couple of years, I, I still remember watching the videos of whether it was FedEx or UPS, watching those initial shipments be moved out. It was a worldwide news making event. And I think even if we didn't directly put hands on any of those boxes or help get the vaccine into vials, every single part of us, one of us in this community played an important role. So that's really what we're celebrating today. Excellent point. And just uh, that pictures and images of the last couple of years of folks, you know, uh, bringing food out and celebrating their delivery drivers. That, man, that is what life's all about. Phil, you're cool. Yeah. Has there ever been a supply chain initiative that had such an impact on the world? Mm -hmm. You know, talk about um, building the plane while you're in the air. Because as Mike said, a lot of things, there were challenges that nobody knew how to overcome because they'd never been faced before. Um, and they did it and look at the impact that they've had globally in being able to do so. You know, I've, uh, it's probably a little known fact. I used to work for Pfizer back in the day. And so I've seen behind the scenes what goes into doing some of the things that they did. And usually that's a, a multi-year, even a decade kind of adventure rather than pulling this all together in a matter of months. So uh, fantastic kudos to all the team. Mm, well said. Okay. Well, if there's any reason uh, to be over by a couple minutes, it's because we want to spend more time on these remarkable stories. And this next one is the same. It is the same. Uh, so our second winner of our Deeds Not Words Leadership Award is Lade Araba, co-founder and president with the Viziola Foundation. Now, to fully appreciate all the incredible work that Lade has led, we got a level set of bits. One of my favorite words, evidently, isn't it, Kelly? Uh, the, the rate of unemployment in Nigeria is a staggering 33%, while youth unemployment stands at 53%. Female youth unemployment is estimated at 34%. In addition, get this, 47% of Nigerian university graduates are unemployed wow. due largely to the mismatch. Here's that delta again, the mismatch between skills, their, their skills and those sought by employers. Many employers report difficulty in finding local candidates with, with the requisite technical skills, and they're often that leads them to resort to hiring expats. Moreover, only 10% of women work in technical roles there, I believe, in Nigeria. So after a few personal and journey-shaping experiences, Lade leaned into this challenging current state of affairs. Intent to drive effective change, Lade went to work to ensure opportunities and access for others, especially young girls and female entrepreneurs. She co-founded the Viziola Foundation to help address the low numbers of skilled STEM professionals in Africa, especially the low number of women pursuing STEM careers. Kelly and Phil, in just the last few years, Lade, Araba, and the Viziola Foundation have opened their doors to over 8,000 girls and female entrepreneurs, helping them to develop their skill sets, their awareness, get jobs, advance in their careers, really changing lives to help create more opportunity for all these wonderful folks all while shaping and developing the workforce in Nigeria and beyond, really across the continent. 
So for that action-based leadership and a whole lot more, we're pleased to name Lade Araba with the Viziola Foundation as one of our two Deeds Not Words Leadership Award winners because she and her team are GSD. They're getting stuff done with life-changing, life-changing impact. So let's hear from Lade. I would like to say a very big thank you to Supply Chain Now for this incredible honor of being recognized and receiving the Deeds Not Words Leadership Award. On behalf of all of us at the Vizela Foundation, we are immensely grateful and we thank you for your support and belief in our mission. Thank you for your support. And believe in our mission. Mm. So if I can ask, I'm going to get a quick comment from Kelly and Phil, only because we're uh, a couple minutes behind. But uh, if I can, big thanks. First off, Amanda, Chantel, Catherine, Clay, the whole production team is helping to make today's uh, event happen. If we could drop the Viziola Foundation's link in the comments, that'd be great because I need your support too. Uh, Phil, let's change up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Phil, your quick thoughts there. Well, talk about taking action, you know, seeing a problem, being passionate enough about wanting to do something about it and taking action. Um, and that's what I really took away from that. And, and, and full credit to uh, Lade for doing this, doing that and, and, you know, providing opportunity for those and a voice and advocate advocating for those that, that couldn't do it for themselves. So uh, huge kudos. Completely agree. Kelly. I mean, it would have been difficult enough just to defy the odds and be successful in tech in her own right. And instead of just doing that, she stuck her foot in the door and helped others through. So congratulations, Lade. Well-deserved. Awesome. Uh, I completely agree with both both of y'all. It's so rewarding to be able to um, bring these stories to our ecosystem here. And uh, folks, reach out to them. Make sure you get connected. And if you can, again, if you can, it'd be great for y'all to help find a way to support the great work they're doing. Okay. So big thanks to Mike and Lade. We got to move right along. So Phil and Kelly, get uh, guess who we get to welcome in here this afternoon? Somebody good, I hope. <laughs> All these folks are good. How could you? <laughs> I, I just want to sit back and again grab my diet coke and popcorn. Going on here, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Scott's mom. <laughs> it, 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 hey, that'd be something. But as we're coming down the home stretch, want to welcome in our dear friend, the startup whisperer and colleague, Mr. Greg White. Gregory, how you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, I'm glad and relieved to be a part of this uh, and that you guys took all the weight. So thank you. Uh, you, <laughs> you. Seriously, you are doing a fantastic job. We're bringing light to important topics and, of course, to the, the great performance and to those doing good in the supply chain. So really important work we're doing here. As Tim said, people don't need our tears. They need our action. So I think uh, you know, this is commendable uh, by all of you to put all the work in to do this. And of course, to our incredible crack production team who has not missed a single beat. I sure hadn't. You're absolutely right. And I couldn't, have, you know, Phil and Kelly, um, I know this is so rewarding. So I appreciate what Greg shared there. Uh, eight months of, um, of our own GSD, right? Trying to uh, get stuff done. But Greg, moving right along, the Champions of Humanity Award. Yeah. Please share more. Yeah, so... Look, core values are critical to any company, of course, because they're part of such a large community and especially now a global community. And often those core values are represented in what companies call giving back, right? All kinds of philanthropic and ethical and good deeds that they do by giving back from, uh, as you say, Scott, what they have. I think what's 
so important about the Champions of Humanity Award is that it's recognition of, of companies that are giving forward, not an afterthought of giving, but a forethought, a core value of making their business a business that gives as part of what they do. Right up there with profit, giving is, is part of their principle. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because it's an incredible shift of mindset, this notion of giving forward, right? Of making it part of your business, making it a core and a in the forefront of your business. And it's very, very rare. But as we've talked about with other initiatives, it's incredibly attainable. And we're going to talk about who's done that and as an incredible example of that kind of doing good. So that brings us man, so much goodness there. Uh, that brings us to naming the winner of the 2022 Champions of Humanity. And by the way, I see you, Allison Giddens, calling Greg White a suspect. I love that. Um, I'll get to that later. But Greg, do tell. I'm on the edge of my chair. Vector Global Logistics is the winner of this year's Champions of Humanity Award. And uh, if it's okay, Scott, I'd love to share some of the volume of what they do. First of all, Enrique Alvarez, a uh, very core part of what we do here, runs our um, uh, supply chain in Espanol series, you know, and they do a lot of work in Latin America and globally. They are a non-vessel operating common carrier in the OCC. And that means they touch a ton of containers around the world. And what they do is they donate meals for every single container that they move around the world. And that has understand this is a small company, but that has created a million meals for uh, uh, Kenya and the Dominican Republic and other countries where they are actually feeding the needy in, in the countries that they service in, in many cases. Now think about any company talking about doing a million of anything. I mean, pick any large corporation in doing that. And this is an initiative that Enrique and his team have put so in the forefront of their business that it is part of what you order effectively, which you don't pay for, by the way, when you have a container shipped by Vector Global Logistics. I think that's really important. Every single one of their offices gets to pick their initiatives. In Mexico, they serve families with children with cancer. In Chile, they serve uh, families with uh, special needs. Um, and they've made big numbers of impact all over the world. 36 projects in Chile. They've served uh, 28 families since 2021 in Mexico. And of course, they've, they've uh, partnered with MAP International to provide medicines, $804,000 worth of life-saving medicines contributed by Vector and their, and their uh, accomplices. What should I say? They're uh, <laughs> partners, right? They are accomplices in good. Uh, and think, I mean, that is a huge number. So uh, I could say more and, and I would if Scott would let me, but he's limited my time here. So maybe we <laughs> ought to hear from the team at uh, Vector Global Logistics about what they, they have done. Hi, my name is Enrique Alvarez and I work with Vector Global Logistics. Vector is a very unique results-based company with a passion to give back. At Vector, we believe that a few caring individuals can and will change the world. And that's why this award means so much to us. It validates who we are and also why we do what we do. So thank you so much to the Supply Chain and Procurement Awards for giving us this amazing award 
and we're humbled and privileged to receive it. But please make no mistake. I am the person that gets to accept the award. I'm also the one recording this video. However, the real champions and recipients is our team. I am inspired by their lately example. I'm inspired by their commitment and dedication. And honestly, they are the main reason why I wake up every day and why everyone here tries to work as hard as we do. I am thankful to be part of your team. So guys, this award is for you. Keep going. It's a pleasure being part of your team. Thank you so much. And thank you once again to the Supply Chain and Procurement Awards. Have a good day. Wow. Um, so we, we, we ought to add one more little bullet point, uh, Greg, Phil, and Kelly. Um, as if uh, Enrique and the, and the Vector team didn't have enough going on and, and as if they're not doing enough to do good, they have rallied the Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine uh, sessions, which have already sent several Excellent containers. Point. Yeah, several containers of folks that need it in Europe, uh, Ukraine, Poland, beyond. Uh, and they've done it out of their own pocket and uh, leveraging the community across the world. So, so richly received. Rick, Greg, I'm a, you know, I, I wish I wish you could stick with it, stick around with us for <laughs> the next couple hours too. But what is your final um, one and only Greg White final word about Vector? Yeah, so many companies with a give back spirit use the the term "doing well by doing good." Um, and that's great. How, why, as I've told many people over many years, I don't care why you do good, just do good. But Enrique and the team at Vector Global Logistics have flipped that on its head. Doing good is what they do. And they happen to be have figured out a business model that allows them to do well, be profitable and, and excellent in terms of performance because doing good is part of, is the core part of what they do. So I think they are a credible model. I would encourage companies who have a, a significant philanthropic or ethical uh, charge it, that they want to accelerate in their business to talk to the folks at, at mm -hmm. Vector Global Logistics about just how they do it. And, and particularly to Enrique and some of the leaders of his team who are focused on these doing good initiatives. Mm. Always appreciate your point of view always elegantly stated greg white enjoy we want to update on an index soon but thank you so much greg uh, for being here with us today thanks everybody okay phil and kelly man i'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight i've got all these stories working their way between my ears uh you, you just saw i think i think one of the things too phil and kelly would love to get y'all's thoughts is even the presenters I don't know about you. I couldn't wait to share the news, just like Greg couldn't wait to share the news, and Kevin, and and so many others. It, it, this is this is uh, this is fun. But Kelly, your quick take on Vector and uh, Champions of Humanity. I actually think this is right to Phil's point earlier around where sustainability, for instance, needs to live in what a company does. If you are going to be a philanthropic enterprise that cares about what's going on with the big challenges facing humanity, it can't be something that you do on Thursdays or that you talk about in your annual report or maybe one or two days a year you have off. It has to be core to who you are. It's core to who Enrique is. Of the members of his team that I've worked with, it's absolutely evident in everything that they do. It is completely woven into the fabric of that organization. And I can't think of any group of people more deserving for the good work that they've done. Well said. And really quick, Phil, uh, when I first met Enrique Alvarez, he used the phrase, I bet in the first 37 seconds, we, we're going to change the world. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> then I've seen him for years. 
And he is as serious about it. He walks the, the, the walks the walk. You'll find his checkbooks. You know, someone said famously to me one time, uh, may have been a preacher. You know, if you want to find out what's really important to you, check your calendar and check your checkbook. That's going to tell you. And Enrique epitomized and his team epitomized that. So, Phil. Yeah, there was just a comment that I saw go by that said that um, this was in his DNA and the DNA of his, of his organization that is built in, in Vector. And I think that's definitely echoed by the words that uh, you spoke, Scott, what you said, Kelly, and also what Greg shared. So, um, you know, congratulations to the team. And uh, this isn't just a, um, you know, be seen to do good. It's at the heart of their organization. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well said there, uh, Phil. Uh, very well said. Okay. Well, as we segue, and, and I wish I could get um, all these comments, great comments. And you know what? Hey, we're not going to kill anything. Uh, Albert is with us here. Albert Sorto. Uh, Sorto. Uh, great to see you, Albert. Uh, Sally Eves, the one and only Sally Eves is with us. Great to see you, Sally. We're all celebrating um, the good work Vector's doing. Dr. Rhonda, one of our favorites around here. Of course, Jenny Froome, which we're just about to talk a little bit more about here in a second. Adam Polka, great to see you here, Adam. Thanks so much for tuning in. Okay. Well, uh, as we move to our uh, final award. I hate saying that. I wish we had uh, 10 more. Don't y'all Kelly and Phil. Uh, so Kelly's uh, hesitating know, given the, uh, the workload that goes behind every single one of them. <laughs> well, and you know, we'll do a, we'll do a behind the scenes, uh, maybe podcast, uh, <laughs> next few weeks, but cause it was a bunch of work, but this is where it's all so worth it. Um, so the great thing, Phil and Kelly, we were just talking about, uh, we probably referenced it throughout the seven, eight months of our of this journey, specifically for these awards working together. Um, we just referenced it like last week on a LinkedIn comment, Phil, after you and I saw each other uh, at an event last week. And it's so true because as three entrepreneurs here, one of the best parts about being an entrepreneur is you get to pick and choose who you work with, That's right. right? You get to pick and choose who you work with. And I don't know about y'all, but it's so rewarding to pick the salt of the earth and those that aren't on that side of the of, of the scale, you know, keep on keep on walking, right? Mm -hmm. Keep on walking. So along those lines, I want to welcome in our next guest, uh, Liesl Devet, founder and director of the African Supply Chain Excellence Awards, our partners in celebrating global good news with purpose. Hey, Liesl. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you for the beautiful intro. <laughs> well, you know, better yet, uh, I love I love what you are doing. Of course, um, uh, any any friend and colleague and partner of Jenny Froome is all a friend of ours here. So uh, meet Kelly and Phil. But uh, July 19th, 2022, I believe, is the date of the awards. And Kelly, where are we starting with Liesl? So I'm sorry, Scott, I need to go off script. Liesl, Love your earrings. Thank you for bringing the bling to our award ceremony. This is very important. I, I, I would, you know, that's moral. <laughs> but now that we've acknowledged your spectacular jewelry, which thank you for picking that out, can you tell us a little bit more about the African Supply Chain Excellence Awards? Absolutely. Well, we are so excited. Um, we have been inundated with entries. This uh, It's the inaugural awards. And we've got such a diverse range of, of entries, which is fantastic. And we're trying to showcase and highlight our phenomenal um, supply chain stories in Africa because we have quite a few. You know, it's difficult operating um, environments and there's a lot of creativity in some of the solutions. So we're really excited about um, the case studies that we've received, the entrance. And our judges are in full swing now, busy judging the awards. 
And, you know, Scott, you, you opened up so nicely about partnerships and working um, with great people. And honestly, to have Jenny and Clive as co-founders of these awards is, is just phenomenal. Um, they bring a wealth of experience and passion about the industry. And that's really, really great. And um, I really have to also shout out to our incredible sponsors. I mean, you know, we were the new kids on the block. We had this idea of showcasing Africa and sharing the case studies and, um, you know, by the industry, for the industry, representing the whole industry, which is quite a, a big task. Um, and we really want to thank our, our prime sponsors, um, IMM, our category sponsors, Imperial, Bidia Cargo, Unitrans, and Commerce Edge. And of course, all our all our partners, such as you guys. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us. And um, our judges are representative of Africa, South Africa. And we have a really great team of passionate uh, judges that are really excited about what they're seeing and looking forward to giving back to the industry. And I think that's the whole idea around these awards. We want to give back. We want to share. We want to grow. Um, and we want to learn from each other. Yeah, so well said. And, and you know, uh, I hope I don't get in trouble by saying this. I might, but you, know, you don't create an award show to uh, become a millionaire. You create it because <laughs> you want to give and give and give. And you're passionate. So, Lisa, when you we were talking about your judges, that really resonates with our team here Uh folks here in behind the scenes. So thank you for sharing. Hey, really quick, before uh, Liesl, we move forward because we're going to talk about our final award category. I got to give a quick shout out. Dave Maddox, we've talked about the um, the pedigree of our awards here and the first couple of years of our awards would not have happened without Dave. So Dave, big shout out to you. Appreciate all, of, all that you do for industry. Okay. So uh, Liesl, we get, this is one of my favorite awards. All these are my favorite awards, but what, which one are we talking about here uh, with your appearance? So we're talking about the Unsung Hero Award, and I absolutely love this category. I'm so glad I got I'm getting to uh, present it. Um, so uh, we're talking about Rose Martin, who joined WinTech Inc. back in 2021 as a quality coordinator in a role that is often overlooked in um, global supply chain. But she rolled up her sleeves and went to work, and she made an immediate impact in jumpstarting the quality department's evolution into a well-oiled machine. And within a year, thanks to Rose's leadership, the time required to check first-run parts would be decreased by an impressive 40%. Rose is never one to sit on her laurels, as she constantly pursues continuous improvement in all that she does. It has been said that Rose's unique, organized, linear way of thinking is only matched by her willingness to step outside the box and be brave enough to make creative recommendations to her peers and to leadership. Rose Martin, now quarterly control manager at WinTech, Wintech Inc., has persevered and succeeded as a woman in a male-dominated industry. So the winner for the 2022 Unsung Hero Award is indeed Rose Martin. Wonderful. Uh, and that, that I appreciate what you shared there. That is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, before we share the video, really quick, Phil, I'd love for you to weigh in. We all love our unsung heroes, right? Yeah, and congratulations, of course, to Rose. But I also want to give a shout out to the millions of unsung heroes that are coming to work every single day, you know, mm -hmm. who perhaps don't get recognition or the recognition that they feel um, they deserve for the work that they do in organizations across the supply chain, across procurement, because, um, you know, there are so many people out there that are doing great work and, um, you know, long may that continue. That's what drives our professions forward. That's what we love about our professions. Um, but specifically today, of course, congratulations to Rose. Agreed. Agreed. So with all that said, Hey, let's hear from Rose Martin herself. Unsung heroes are all around us. They are as silent as a little mouse or as unnoticeable as a shadow. 
They fly under the radar of praise and have just one mission, in that they tirelessly work to promote change and encourage progress. They are some of the hardest workers you will ever meet. Their, pra their praises are seldom heard, but their effects are always noticed. I was honored and humbled to have been nominated. I am proud that my name is listed among the names of so many others that work hard every single day to do what I do. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate the recognition, but my work is not complete. I see opportunities for change every single day. I plan to keep working to improve my department and move my company forward. I would like to thank Allison Giddens for the nomination and for the acknowledgement of all my hard work. This is an extremely proud moment for me, and I am honored to be listed among the names of so many others that do what I do every single day. I will cherish and honor this moment forever, and I thank you. Wow. Uh, that makes, I don't know about you, that fills my heart, uh, Liesl, Bill, and Kelly. Uh, Liesl, a um, couple of final questions here. Uh, first off, respond to that message uh, that from Rose, uh, and, and especially that one where there's always opportunity for improvement. We heard that a lot from Gina to Tim to a lot of our presenters and a lot of the award categories. What did you hear there, Liesl? You know, it's I just love the attitude and the creative thinking and the humbleness of Rose. You know, we've been talking a lot about sustainability and purpose-driven supply chains and ESG factors. I mean, none of these things will be will be able to be realized if we don't have these kind of practitioners that think out of the box and be creative and and see how do we do things differently? How do we do it better? Um, and, and so I'm really inspired by her story and I, and I hope it inspires everyone else to do things better. Completely agree. And Hey, she mentioned Allison Giddens. That's one of our favorites around here. She's a, a guest co-host, but she also leads uh WinTech. Allison, much like Rose, evidently is always doing something for others. She is so active in the community and uh, we're proud to call her a friend. So make sure you're connecting, following and engaging with Allison Giddens. Um, okay. So, Liesl, final question for you is how can folks learn more and get involved, whether they want to sponsor or nominate or just get, you know, participate in the Africa Supply Chain Excellence Awards? Where do they get? Uh, the, the easiest is to go to our website, www.askia.co.za. That's A-S-C-E-A. -A. Um, you can drop it in the comments. I'm sure Jenny will drop it in the comments for us. And please go in there and have a look. And um, our event's on the 19th of July, and we'll also be streaming it. And we encourage participation all around. It's going to be a really great event. It's inaugural, and we've got some really great stories to tell. We look forward to sharing them with you. And thank you for your support, Scott, really. Definitely. Well, hey, me and Kelly and Phil and our teams and the awards here, and we pick and choose our partners. And like the old third grade Valentine we've all gotten, I choose, <laughs> choose you. Yeah, Kelly, I had to do that. Uh, but kidding aside, Liesl, really, uh, I love what you are doing. And I gotta, we got to do a quick shout out. Uh, Charmaine, uh, thank you, Africa Supply Chain Excellent Awards, for recognizing what procurement specialists are doing in Africa. So well said, Charmaine. And, of course, I've heard about Claire Fincham. Uh, Jenny speaks highly. Claire, your ears have been burning. I uh, appreciate what you're doing as well there, Claire. Uh, and final word, Liesl, you know Claire and Charmaine here? Uh, absolutely. Claire is is, uh, is our well-oiled machine. She helps us so much on, um, on our awards. And thanks so much for her amazing, incredible work that she does as well. 
Wonderful. Well, big thanks to all of what that you're doing. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. Liesl DeVette with the Africa Supply Chain Excellence Awards. Thanks so much, Liesl. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. All right. And they're coming around to stretch. Uh, 1150, <laughs> Kelly and Phil. Uh, um, you know, I can't stop talking. I, I won't hear from y'all, but really, this is why we this is why we set out to do this from that very first meeting. And as we kind of go around the horn here, I want to get y'all's final thoughts. And Kelly, let's start with you. Sure. So I think the big thing, and, and this is a little bit of a behind the scenes, but I, I think I can share this. You know, when we got feedback from the judges about the awards, you know, we would hear incredible things like, wow, these guys are innovating with end-to-end -end logistics, or wow, these guys are impacting the environment or showing their leadership through incredible deeds. We heard all kinds of things about that but it was Rose Martin's nomination that brought out the human response from our judges. On that front, we got responses like, I love Rose, I wanna work with Rose, I wanna hire Rose. So there is something about that person, we all know the value of that person. To your point, Phil, to all of the unsung heroes out there, uh, truly this moment is sort of for, for all of you. Um, everybody knows somebody that plays that critical, pivotal role in an organization. And I think we all recognize it when we see it. Nothing would be the same without all of the roses of the world. Wow. Nothing would be the same without all the no. roses of the world. That is so true in so many different ways and levels. Uh, Phil, some of your final thoughts. Yeah, I think when when we set out to to bring this awards program together, it was all around you know, showcasing the the wonderful work that individuals within our profession do, whether that's uh, being innovative or taking actions, um, and to help really inspire. Uh, it, it comes back to something Kelly said right at the beginning: inspire the art of the possible. Um, you know, there was a number of things that were said throughout the day, and uh, one of the things was, uh, and I think it may have been Tim, that you know we probably have more power than we we imagine or realize to actually take action and to drive change. You know, however we apply that, we can apply it in, uh, you know, to a process that's broken at work to, you know, how do I help my company and organization think about um, modern slavery? There's such a spectrum on that, um, but never feel like you're in a position where you can't make a difference. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's really come out of today from all the great award winners and the stories that we've heard. So true. So very true. Folks, I got to share this. Uh, Allison says, you cannot hire her. <laughs> he is ours. So I love that. Take good um, care of her, Allison. We love that her. That's right. And and you know, Tony points out there's always room for improvement, right? Tony says next year we're going to find a way to have a reverse logistics category. Absolutely, absolutely. I would argue, Tony, and we'll grab we'll grab breakfast and and uh, share more. Is in more intelligence. What a wonderful reverse logistics and beyond. Uh, story and, and representative. So, but Tony, keep the feedback coming to all of y'all. Keep the feedback coming. We're going to be talking about uh, 2023 soon. Um, but as we wrap here, Phil and Kelly, uh, I'm going to share just a quick thought, but let's make sure folks know how to connect. Both of y'all have, have full plates and then some it's overflowing. Uh, Kelly, how can folks connect uh, with you? Buyer's meeting point, art of procurement, dial P, you name it. So the easiest way is definitely LinkedIn. Um, and as we wrap, you know, we've talked a lot about thank you to our judges. Thank you to our nominees. Thank you to the media that joined us and helped us spread the word. 
Thank you to the amazing Supply Chain Now production team. They're incredible. And the one person we have not named who is an absolutely incredible part of this, thank you to Joshua. These videos and graphics have been amazing. Thank you to Amanda for staying calm and holding down the fort. Thank you to everybody that played a role behind the scenes. Um, and I'm glad that so many people from the procurement and supply chain community have joined us today. This has this event has really gone beyond what I think any of us have hoped it would be. Amen. That's all. I, that's all I know to say to what you just shared there, uh, Phil. How can and, and Kelly? Wait a second, Kelly. Kelly, how can folks connect with you though? Oh, LinkedIn and then Dial P. Please listen okay. to Dial P. Check out Buyer's Meeting Point. Vit me at Art of Procurement. I'm actually pretty hard to miss, so LinkedIn's a good place to start. Wonderful. And Phil. Yeah, in terms of um, connecting with me, the same really. Look uh, up on LinkedIn. I noticed that there's a number of folks today already who have been connecting with me. So thank you so much for that. Um, uh, that's probably the easiest place to find me. Um, the website for Art of Procurement, which is really where we talk all about helping procurement professionals to, to think differently. Uh, we need to help to inspire them to change, give them the roadmaps to do so, um, is artofprocurement.com. And anywhere you find your podcasts, Art of Procurement. It's just that easy. It's just just that easy. I really appreciate our partnership. Uh, it's, there's been some good days and some tough days, which is you should expect some tough days if you're trying to move some mountains from time to time. And by the way, I'm going to wrap this. Uh, Paul, this is so wonderful. Uh, congratulations, everyone. Excellent program. Proud day to be part of the supply chain industry. Paul, 100%, which I've heard is a thing these days, inspired by the collective work, he says, and values-driven procurement programs of so many top-performing organizations. Paul, wonderful, and thanks so Thank much you, for your Paul. kindred spirits. You. Yeah. Um, all right. So as we wrap here today, I want to echo what Kelly and Phil said. You know, congratulations to all the nominees. Big congrats to all the winners. Big thanks to our judges, our partners, our respective teams. Of course, to Gina and Trisha and the Koopa team. Appreciate y'all supporting our efforts beyond, you know, financially, but being here and sharing your message that attacking that delta, you know, between, in my words, a lip service and getting real results. Gina, that that was uh, that was worth the price of, of admission. Uh, big thanks. You know, folks, you don't see what Phil and Kelly and their teams uh, have done. This is, it has been certainly a, a big investment of uh, – of time and uh, passion, of emails and slacks. I think we sell them to the front end. Lots of that, <laughs> lots of Zooms. But big thanks to Kelly Barney with Buyer's Meeting Point, Phil Addison with Art of Procurement, our production team. We mentioned Tim Nelson and the Hope for Justice team, bringing it home, hitting the home run. But more importantly, leading by example while inspiring and challenging all of us to really do more. That Hope for Justice, uh, Justices, say that five times fast, Incredibility at pointing that powerful shining light on several key issues of our time and challenging us to walk through and do something about it. But that's a wrap. We're going to have to leave it here. 11.56, four minutes to spare for the 2022 Supply Chain Procurement Award. Stay tuned, as I mentioned, for upcoming news about next year. We might want to take a breath before we do that. But in the meantime, folks, hey, let's keep it going. There's some powerful momentum at play here. And we all know it's going to take real leaders willing to drive action, to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. So let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. We'll see everybody again really soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram.
See you next time on Supply Chain Now.